Just before I'm, I'm coming to share um, this morning, I'm also going to be sharing um, next week. And um, but just before doing that, I just wanted to just to kind of throw out a challenge. And earlier on, we were just kind of pressing into God's presence. We were crying out to Him. We were um, encountering Him in in different ways. And I want to encourage you as we come to, as I come to speak, and I think this applies to any time anybody comes and speaks, just to kind of posture ourselves. You know, um, kind of posture yourself correctly. You know when you, um, I'm not really good, Katie will vouch for it, my wife, that I slouch. And um, you know, you're meant to sit properly, you're meant to posture yourself pr- properly, you know, with a nice straight back. And I want us to do that today, not physically, but to posture ourselves correctly as we come to approach the word of God, to hear somebody teach, be it me or be anybody else. Because I don't know about you, often when somebody, you know, it's like, okay, we've been having this word of time, it's great, we've got the notices, and somebody's coming to speak, whoever it might be, myself, Nigel, Chris, and, um, and it's easy just going to switch into kind of listening mode, whatever, kind of engage the brain, turn on the head, if you're into taking notes, get ready to make notes. But I think it's important to posture ourselves in relation to this time now is more than just a, a time when we get information. It's more than just stimulating our mind, which hopefully it will. You see, every time somebody teaches, be it here or wherever you hear it, be it on radio or wherever, there's a grace being released upon what is being taught. So as I teach or anybody else is teaching, it's not just passing on information. It's not just a cognitive mind thing. It's a spiritual opportunity. And so a challenge to myself and a challenge to you is to position yourself as we come to speak. Open your spirit to receive what God wants to do. The grace that's going to be unleashed. The spirit of God always moves in the word of God. So whenever the word of God is spoken, talked about, if you're reading a a book, as you're reading the, the, the Bible, there is an awesome opportunity to expect God. So as we position yourself... Just saying, God, I want to meet you. I hear your word. Because when the spirit is released, when the grace is released, it gives power to outlive that which is being taught. Because God's here. You know, even before, you know, just God, it was great. What's happening in worship, thank you, Graham, and the, ba- and the band. But God is here. He wants to do some stuff. I was reminded of it. Uh, I'm going to come to the topic in a minute. But I think it's so important in postures so I have to hear. Um, sometimes when I'm speaking... Uh, if I have time, I come a night or two before uh, just to pray around the sanctuary, and I just go and pray on every seat. So you've been on, you're on a seat that's been prayed for. And um, I brought along my son Daniel, because he, he quite likes to do that. And uh, so we were going around praying and um, on the seats and just saying, God, just come here. We need to encounter you here and this Sunday. And I ran out to those, hopefully on your seat, you got these little prayer cards, because we're going to be talking about prayer in a minute. And we ran out to those. So I decided to go up and just photocopy some and card. And I'm not very good. Those and staff know I'm really bad when it comes to admin. And uh, I just couldn't get a photocopy on card. So it took me a little while. And I was just starting to go downstairs again on Friday night uh, to meet Daniel because I left Daniel downstairs in the sanctuary. And I just said, go around, lay your hand on every chair and just ask God to encounter the person who's there. And, uh, and he, came up, he was just coming up the stairs just as I was coming down. And um, he'd been crying. And I was thinking, oh, no. You know, he's just got upset at being left by himself. And so I said to him, are you all right? And he goes, I, I, I've been crying. I said, um, what happened? And he just said, you know, something came upon me. And so I said, was it good? Was it bad? He goes, no, 
it was good. It was definitely good. And, uh, and so I just spent a bit of time, a bit like I just started this talk. I just explained to him how to press into that. I said, next time that happens, just say more, God. Just say more, God. Say yes to that. And so that's my challenge as I come to speak, because I am going to be speaking on a very kind of hot, passionate topic. But today is a day of invitation. We had it at the beginning, and I wanted to carry on with that posture of pressing into God. We're here to meet God. So now you're sitting correctly. I feel like a, what they call a pilot. And uh, let's begin. No. Let's just carry on. Be aware of it. Let's carry on pressing into God. Right, let me see if I, yeah, well, we've got it up there. I didn't realize yeah, that they've been watching that all the time. So today I start a series on prayer. And today I want to just, uh, today and next week, and today I wanted to just do, I was thinking, what do I speak about? You know, I could, you know, Nigel asked me, and I could speak for weeks on prayer. Just so many things I could talk about prayer. And I thought, I only got two weeks ago. What should I focus in on? What should I hone in on? And uh, the bit I want to talk about today is the heart and the posture of prayer. Now, I don't know what enters your mind when you, you think of the word prayer. And uh, you probably have a whole load of different um, thoughts, emotions, experiences that shape what enters your head when you think about prayer. Some of them might be exciting, some of them might be dynamic, some of them might associate with kind of being bored and weariness and frustration and disappointment. There's a whole range of emotions and things that might enter your head when you think about prayer. But however we define it, However we, we, we talk about it, probably the, the main way it seems to outwork itself when we talk about prayer is what I would call asking. Often I'm in meetings, I seem to be in a lot of meetings at the moment, and um, we can have this meeting and we go, let us pray. And normally what it really means is, let us ask for something. Let us ask God to bless what we just talked about. Let us um, bless the person, bless the situation, bless the issue, bless the nation. You know, and, and asking is important. I'm not saying it's not important. You know, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. There is real prayer and power in asking of God. This is working. I really can't see anything up there. You know, this is, a, I mean, I could come across a whole load of verses, but here's one example. Isaiah 37, verse 21 to 22. Yeah, you can't see the bulge so clearly. This is Isaiah and uh, he's a prophet, and he sends a message to Ezekiel. The context is they're surrounded, they're seized, they're in a bad situation. And um, Isaiah the prophet sends a message to Ezekiel the king, and this is what it says. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Because you have prayed to me concerning Sinanokrib, the king of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken against him. And the bit, and there's a great transformation. They deliver, there's transfer, you know, the siege is lifted, and there's freedom again. But you see that word, because they prayed. And so there is a power. There is an importance in praying. You know, I could spend a whole talk, literally, just sitting here, just telling you story after story about where people have prayed, and there's been change, and there's been transformation be it individually, even just this week. You know, I don't have to go back very far. I spoke to somebody who's working in the Gulf in one of the hardest countries in the world. And um, 
Like a lot of the countries in the Gulf, there's a lot of what they call expat workers from the Far East. And there was a Filipino who loved Jesus. She was a hairdresser. A, 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 a lady came in. I nearly gave, gave the country away there. And um, she just said, you know, she looked really sad. And the hairdresser said, what's happening? And she said, I can't have babies. I can't have any children. And that's a big thing in any culture, maybe even more so in some of the countries overseas. So this lady said, oh, let me pray to my God. Can I pray for you in the name of Jesus, yeah, for this Muslim lady? And about a month back, later, she came back and she said, I'm pregnant. Can I bring along some of my motor friends? I've got two friends who also uh, can't have children. So she brought them along. They now all have babies. And one of the most cl- closed countries in the world, there's going to like 70 to 80 people gathering because a Filipino lady prayed. And, uh, and I could go on with stories, you know, and I, I, love, I love stories, you know, have a cup of tea with me somewhere. And so there is a power in praying. There is a power in asking God, and he invites us to ask. And it causes changes. Behind every movement there has been in history of people coming to Jesus in radical numbers, there's always been prayer. Behind every movement, there's a prayer movement. God is powerful. Some of you know my story and uh, working with Muslims. You know, you would, you would have seen this before. And so I use this a lot, but I could apply it to different situations. This is just to do with Muslims coming to Jesus. It looks a little bit blurred. I hope it's a little bit clearer where you are. But really, the bottom line was nothing happened for centuries after centuries. And then about 25 years ago, people working with Muslims said, we want to call the church to pray during Ramadan to see Muslims come to Jesus. Ramadan is the, the holy month. Uh, interesting enough, for nothing, thousands and thousands of Muslims are coming to Jesus. Prayer is powerful. But this morning, I want to focus in on the heart and the, and the posture that we should have when we come to pray. Many years ago, there was a church that was well known for worship, and then God just challenged them because the focus became on just the, the emotion and the atmosphere of worship, and they lost sight of what it was about. And they wrote a famous song, which was, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, Jesus, as soon as we sing it in this church. And my challenge to myself, to us today is, I want to come back to the heart of prayer. And prayer is all about Jesus. Yes, the way it often works is asking. But prayer is all about Jesus. I've got many definitions of prayer, but the one I've been mulling over Recently, it's by a guy called Pete Gregg, who leads the kind of 24-7 prayer movement. And he says this, prayer is the life-changing power of passionately seeking the Father's presence in a particular place. In the Bible, in the Psalms, they have this phrase called Selah. If you read the Bible and you read the Psalms, and Selah means just pause. And we're going to have a few pause moments today. This is one. Prayer, the life-changing power of passionately seeking the Father's presence in a particular place. Passionately. See, prayer is a, is a way of life. I originally find prayer as walking in love. Talking about everything and anything. Being in God's presence in the moment. So it's easy, you know, always easier, maybe in a situation like this, to pray. Just to be still in the presence of God is here. 
and he can just shut your eyes. He didn't kind of stop and disappear at the end of worship. You're not scared of notices. He's here, and we can, the invitation, prayer is always an invitation into intimacy, into the very heart and closeness of God. Will we passionately seek his presence? And we can do that. I love that phrase, in any particular place, anywhere, any situation. It's not like our phones. I don't know about you and your phone. You know, I get reception pretty good in a lot of places. But there's certain places you just don't get it. It's really annoying. It's often at crucial moments. Prayer isn't like that. Any place, any time, there's always reception. To press into the presence of God. And so I want to just in some ways unpack this and use some scriptures to unpack this truth. And um, in some ways it's one of the simplest talks I've ever done. Because I could talk about this forever. In some ways, it's one of the hardest talks I've done because I'm talking about love and I'm talking about intimacy. And that's hard. Um, a lot of you know this is Katie, my wife here. Don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you greatly. And, uh, you know, I, I love Katie. And hopefully she knows it and some of you know it. But many aspects of love cannot be described. And certainly some, a lot of aspects of love cannot be shared in a place like this in a public audience. They're things that you can only point to or things that you can only experience. And so that's the difficulty of this talk because some things I'm just trying to point and trying to, you know, you, you will only enter into it through experiential. So I'm going to give you some things that on a journey that I'm on and I've been on that will hopefully help give you some grips and traction to help you move forward individually and as a church as we want to become a people who pray, a people who passionately seek God but who have the right heart and posture of prayer. And I want to look at some um, verses. Katie's going to hand out these verses. Can you just flick it on? It's not going on. And uh, this is from Psalm 63. And um, I'm giving you two... You're going to get a piece of paper, and it's written on it. The reason I'm giving it to you, yes, you're going to get it on the, sort of up there. But... Uh, This is something I want to give you to take away because, you know, I've I've heard people over the years say that they had a particular verse or passage and they kind of just camped there for a while. I've never had that till the last kind of month. And I've spent a month uh, in Psalm 63 using two versions of the Bible. This is what's called the New International Version and you've got it on the piece of paper. When you flip it onto the other side, you'll see in what's called the Passion Translation, which I've been using a lot. And I want us to marinate because... When we talk about prayer and the heart of prayer, in some ways it's encapsulated in this psalm. This is the heartbeat of prayer. You know, David was described as a a man after God's own heart. And in this we capture a picture of his heart and in this we capture a picture of what prayer is and can look like. And so partly I give you this because I want you to have it uh, something that we're going to look at right now, but also something that you can take away. You know, as I share, if it starts to stir something in your heart, you say, I want more of that. I desire this prayer. The reason I've been praying this prayer week in, week, well, day in, day out, is because, God, I want this. This prayer is like an invitation. It might not be where you are at this point in time, but hopefully it's somewhere, if you're a follower of Jesus, you want to press into 
And so that's what I've been doing. I've been praying this. I'm like, God, I want to pray this prayer to you. It really becomes my prayer. You know, that's a great tool in itself. If you ever want to grow in prayer and you don't know what to pray, just borrow somebody else's prayer and pray it to becomes your prayer, to becomes the reality of your heart. And so that's partly why I give you this, because I want this to be the reality of our heart. I mean, some of those words, you know, just using one there, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be satisfied as with the riches of food. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. I mean, even just taking that, that version, you can just see the, you know, I'm not the greatest when it comes to English, but um, verbs, if I got it right. You know, action words. You know, you just pick it up. You can go through it. You can underline it. You know, even just starting that first bit, you know, earnestly, I first. There's a real kind of desperation. That is the heart of prayer, to encounter God, that earnestness. Now, I have a 10 pound here. Who wants it? Well, good, that's not going to Well, that is, that is that worked out quite well. Win-win situation, I think. It, uh, that was good. I remember doing something similar to this uh, probably a year or so ago. And uh, it took a little while before anybody had it. But even some people said yes. But only the person who came and grabbed it got it. See, often we say yes to God. But there also has to be a response. And I know that wasn't in my talk. I just, that, that challenges me. I need to pause a moment just to think about that. Is it that hunger? Are we really desperate? You see, uh, again, my apologies to those who don't know me so well, but I, I do work in, um, I often go and travel to different countries. If I had that £10 note in equivalent currency when I was in Iraq and I put that up in a situation like this, I'd be trampled. I'd be trampled. Same in Ethiopia or Egypt, some of the countries I've been in more recently. Because there's a desperation. How desperate am I? How earnest am I? See, when we have and we're satisfied, we can kind of like, oh, it's ten pounds. That'd be nice. Takeaway, or whatever. But when you really know what you long and you need, you just like, you know, like I say, if I did it in some of this place, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be trampled. It'd be actually quite a dangerous thing to do. Because it's our hunger. How hungry are we? How hungry am I? That's why I've been pressing into this, this prayer. It's like, I want that earnestness. When was the last time I was really earnest? Again, I don't know what you, you think about. You know, I, I'm generally, generally quite laid back about certain things. But I know that if I lose my bank card, I get earnest. 
I do not. Katie doesn't, does it? Which makes me even more honest. No, but um, I like to know where my bank card is. I don't like to go more than a day. Not, and then I start going, where is it? Where is it? You know, it's, it's, Close as I get to losing my glasses in the morning because I need them to get going. It's like, where are they? Where are they? You know, pay the kids, you know, pound whoever finds my glasses. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, because there's that earnestness. I think, particularly with money, you know, it's, it's only when you lose something that you become earnest for it. Sometimes I feel like we need to realize, get a revelation of how much the invitation is. To sit in the presence of God. I mean, think about that. You know, as soon as when you go back to work, those of you who are working or, you know, school gate or whatever your situation where you interact with people and they go, What did you do at the weekend? Only those who love Jesus can say, I met the God Almighty, the creator of the whole world and universe, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and I had a chat with him. Wow. And I don't feel, you know, I say that, but even I feel like I don't fully appreciate that. You know, what's prayer about? I mean, lots of different ways, but that's part of what prayer is about. Is there that kind of earnest? Maybe another description, you know, if you ever lost a child, you worry that your wife's going to kill you. But, uh, don't lose a child, that's my recommendation. But there's kind of that earnestness. Is it me? I don't know if lost a child. Am I the only clumsy one here? And you're kind of like, where are they? I told them to be here. Oh, I'm going to kill them, I'm going to kill them, I'm going to kill them. And when they turn up, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> Don't do that to me again. And, um, but there's that kind of earnestness, that desperation. Where is that in our hearts? And I believe that's the invitation, that's the heart that we are called, that we're invited to press into God. How hungry are we? As I was preparing this talk, I was reflecting on a period of time that happened um, in the UK church in 1994. It was called Toronto Blessing. And... Um, you don't need to know not about it, but it was a time when particularly God came close and um, was very real in kind of church meetings. And I remember people used to rush forward. You know, people came early. People would be like an hour before the service. And you didn't have to invite people for ministry. People were already at the front. And it would be one, two o'clock, you know. That was a day you did not want to be in charge of kind of overall church coordinating because you could be there for two or three o'clock. I looked at that, and I kind of looked back part, partly in myself as a challenge. It's like, God, put that hunger in me again. Put that, I don't know, is, is that, is, am I just speaking to myself? That is what I want. That is the heart of prayer. If I cannot communicate anything else, is that eagerness, that hunger. It's like, yes, God, I want more of you. That desperation, that is what it's about. Pressing in to see him. One just last verse before just moving on to some more practical stuff. I'm not doing very well here. Why don't I go back? And I've gone forward like loads. Ah, that's the one. You know, another verse, because I think this heart thing is so crucial. And if I don't leave, get anything out, if I can give you the heart, you figure out the mechanics of prayer. I can give you lots of mechanics. A lot of people around here can give you tools and resources to help you pray. So just one last verse. Again, a well-known one. As soon as we sing a song that's based around this. You know, one thing I ask the Lord, this one thing do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. 
Other translations say, this one thing do I crave. You ever crave something? If you've been pregnant, maybe you have. Just like, God, I have that. I need to have that. And that, again, is the heart of prayer, that kind of craving. And again, I was challenged. I heard something again this week. Somebody was teaching on this talk, on this passage, Psalm 27, verse 4, about one thing. And he said, is that a reality for you? And I was thinking, oh, I wonder if it is. He said, you know, an easy way of knowing the evidence of reality of it would be if you got a transcript of your prayers for the last few weeks, what would you be praying for? If you did a word search. And that hit me. Because I don't know about you, it's, it's not saying these other things are not important. Particularly next week, I'll be talking about how we can ask from the place of sitting in God's presence. But is this what it's about? Is this where we start? What would be some of the key words, issues that come up? And I was just challenged, because I've got a lot of things. I've got nations, I'm praying for my children. At the moment, they're taking our house apart, and I've not got the utter confidence in my builders that maybe I would like to have. And, uh, and so that's very much in my prayers. It's like, but is it you, God? You know, it's easy to sing songs like, one thing I ask, one thing I seek, to see you, to know you. And I was thinking, is that a reality in my life? And it's easy to say, well, you know, it's hard, you don't know my situation. I mean, Psalm 27 was written in a crazy time for David. His son was trying to kill him. He was in the desert, he was on a run. i tell you why, and it'd be, for me it would be very easy to have a whole load of other things that is my one thing. Like, God, preserve my life, look after me. But no, one thing. So to summarize this thing, going back to that description from Pete Gregg, prayer is the life-changing power of passionately seeking the Father's presence in a particular place. Prayer is God-centered. And today, you know, and every day we have an opportunity, a response, and we'll have a little bit of time later on. Are we going to take that invitation? There's a great story in the Bible in Moses and the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3. And there's a, a burning bush, which is not that unusual, and, um, and the passage says, Moses turned to this burning bush, this strange sight, and then God spoke to him. And uh, there seems to be an aspect where there's a turning, and I believe today we have this invitation. This invitation, do we want to go to a new level in prayer, whatever that may be? Do we want to have an increase in that desperation and hungering after him? And there's a burning bush this morning. Do we want to turn aside? Put aside. What Moses was doing was great. He was doing a great job. looking after sheep. It was an important job. But he had to put it aside to press in. Do we want to posture our hearts this morning to draw close to him? Do I? Secondly and quickly, time just flies by. That's kind of the heart of prayer. The posture of prayer. The posture of just listening to God. And it kind of builds in that aspect of just seeking God for who he is. I've been challenged by another verse. I've been challenged a lot in the last few weeks. I was prepared for this. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2 and it says, Do not be quick with your mouth to utter anything before God. And you know what? Prayer can end up being lots of talking. I know from my experience in prayer meetings. But it kind of says, Do not be quick to speak before God. Press in and listen to what God wants to say. 
Often when we pray, however, again, this might be my own experience, but it kind of feels like we've got an issue here that we feel is a problem. It could be a person, it could be a nation, you know, filling the gap for what it may be. It might be a health issue. And uh, it's like we're kind of going to God and saying, God, do you know about this? God, you know, this is a really big issue. Uh, We want to pray about it. It feels like sometimes we're trying to draw God's attention to that fact. Is that just me? Good, thank you, Joe. (laughs) uh, um, But prayer is not meant to look like that. Prayer is meant to be going to God. See if this works out okay, yeah. So we've got us. Prayer, firstly, is number one. Pressing in to God's presence. Just seeking God for who he is. Like I was just talking about earlier on, that heart of prayer. We just want you, God, just nothing else, just to be in your presence. One thing I ask, one thing I desire. Earnestly, I seek you in this dry and weary land, whatever that may look like. Then in that place, God gives us his heart. God gives us what he wants to pray about. That's the two. And then the three is when we respond to God. How many of you would like to pray a prayer that gets answered? I hope a few more of you than that. <laughs> if not, there can be some ministry at the end for that. Should, we should be like, yeah. I mean, that should be, that should be more attractive than a, a £10 note. If you want to pr- pray a prayer that God answers, the best thing to do is pray God's prayers. The Bible says that Jesus in Romans 8, I don't think, 8 in the 30s, that um, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Wouldn't it be great to hear what Jesus is interceding about? Wow, I mean, that'd be that conversation to sit in on. Why is he interceding? What's he praying for us? What's he praying for our children? What's he praying for our families? What's he praying for our work colleagues? What's he praying for England? What's he praying for? I don't know, Saudi Arabia or some of the countries I'm thinking about, particularly at this point in time. What's he praying for them? That's the invitation. That's the invitation. That's the heart of prayer. That invitation to go to God in one and hear what he's saying. And then to pray those prayers. And then we're just going to ask God. You know, any of you, my apologies, I use this kind of father illustration a bit. But, you know, as a, as a dad, don't you love it? Your kids ask you for something you want to give them already. It's like, again, it's one of these win-win situations. It's like, wow, you come across as amazingly gracious and <laughs> generous. <laughs> but they're just asking you for what you want to give them already. Can I have some green vegetables? Yes. Can we go and do some exercise and run off some energy? Yes. Isn't it great when they ask you things? And what, what do you think God, the good father, is like? When we hear, when we take some time to hear what he's saying. And then we pray those prayers. Wouldn't our prayer lives be so radically different? Wouldn't our families, our community that we want to live into life, the nations be so radically different? When was the last time I stopped to ask God what he's praying for me? What's he praying for your family? Your workplace? If you can multitask, you can hopefully hear me and just, just be listening. My challenge to you is, and myself, is, you know, 
before I can uh, speak words before God? When am I going to take time just to listen and say, what are you saying, God? What are you saying? Alan Scott says prayer is when we participate in a conversation already happening. There's a conversation already happening between the Trinity. Joe referred to it this morning. Having a conversation about how they want to bring their redemptive, transforming power to bear in our lives, in our situations, in our cities. We're invited to kind of listen in on that conversation. Because when you see that, you get reality, and then you know where to pray from. I couldn't get the illustration in time, but, you know, um, jigsaws. I don't know how many you like jigsaws. I think they only do them on holiday. There's some killer jigsaws out there nowadays. You're like, man, I have trouble with the ones. But you know what makes life a lot easier when you're trying to do a jigsaw? is to have the picture, the completed picture. Because when you see the completed picture, it really helps to know where everything fits together. Yeah? In prayer, when we press time in God's presence, that's when we get to see the big picture. We get to see the jigsaw as it should be. See, often we just got with these little bits in front of us and it overwhelms us. And we don't know how to deal with them. I.e., we don't know how to pray into them. When we get that big picture, then we know. Maybe that's another illustration. When was the last time we asked God to give us a big picture of whatever we're praying into, family, situation, community, so forth? Because then we can pray from that place. Just one more quote, and then I'm going to just draw things to a close. And it kind of builds into that, this idea of getting the big picture. So a guy called Roy Goodwin, and he wrote a book, and this is a quote from it. It says, ask God to give you a redemptive revelation, to dream his dreams. That revelation will inform how you pray and increase your faith for what God would do. He wants you, that's an invitation to each one of us today. He wants you to see how things could be in the life of people, places, and regions. He wants you to imagine their redeemed future and then pray blessing for them in the light of that. The word redemptive, redeemed, confuses, just means at its best, what it should be. It's original plan and design for that person, family, community, nation. And again, that's, I've been mulling over that little thing. Ask for a redemptive plan. What is it? Some of you are known are very hard, difficult situations. And I think that again, this morning is an invitation just to step back. It's a bit like having a jigsaw piece puzzle too close to your nose. Step back and say, God, what is it? Show me the big picture. Show me your redemptive picture for the situation. Why is your redemptive purpose? He has a reason. And like it says there, as you get that, faith and expectation rises. When you see a nation, it looks really messed up. So I tend to think in nations. So think about whatever applies to you. And you look and you think, wow, that just looks so messed up. Then you see the Father's heart and his plan and his desire for that nation. You can't but how it come from the place of praying like, God, this might look a mess. This is what I see. It's not denying the reality of that. I'm not saying deny the reality of it. But it's getting a greater reality of it. And so it's like this person, this situation, this nation's a mess. But God, I know you have a plan and a purpose to bless and give a hope and a future for that person, that community, that nation. What is it? Show me that, God. And to step into that. 
As we gaze on him, we see his heart, his desire, his plan, and his desire to bless. And I guarantee that will give us confidence to pray. So just to, to finish, next week I'll do some of the more I know, practical stuff. But I wanted to get this root foundation. Lose it here and we lose it everywhere when it comes to prayer. Prayer is an invitation to passionately and earnestly run after you. To be a people, that's Winchester Vineyard, a one thing. Do we want that? You know, that's why I talked about it this morning, but at the beginning, posturing. Because it's a posture, it's a heart choice. We're going to have an opportunity uh, in a minute. You know, the band's going to come up, Joe's going to come up. But it's an invitation. It's like, do you want more? Do you want to turn aside? And like I say, sometimes there's like a yes, and you can sit there, and, and there's a power in sitting there. No, I don't want to put anything on you. But sometimes there's a blessing in movement and response, physical response. Moses had to physically turn. Katie had to physically come and grab that 10-pound note. There's an invitation to come and just be with God. You know, some people might gather here and pray around you, but ultimately prayer is about you and God. And secondly, there's an opportunity just to get a, a new perspective, a redemptive perspective on situations. Like I said, I'm very aware that some people in here are in very hard and difficult situations. And again, I'd invite you to kind of come to the, the front. Maybe band, why don't you stop, Graham, start coming up. But there's an opportunity to come because sometimes when you're in it, that jigsaw is so close. You just need somebody to get alongside you just to help you just step back and help you get that perspective. A bit like you're so focused on that triangle, you're focused on that issue. Somebody just needs to just come. And that's what the community of believers is about, those of us who follow Jesus. It's kind of just getting alongside us and saying, hey, Let's help you lift your face up. And so as we come to, to finish, um, yeah, as we come to finish, I want to just create that space. Yeah, go for it, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel that's quite a weighty thing that Paul has just been speaking to us about and it would be very easy to kind of go and do a rah 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 response and actually I don't think that's what we need to do today I think it's a very serious invitation that God is giving us to turn aside like Paul said and to refocus ourselves on him and it's not something to do lightly it's very easy to say oh yeah God I want more of you and then not think about how that's going to work out in our diaries next week um, and so I, I think what would be a good thing to do in this moment, why don't we stand together? And if it's okay with you, I'd like to pray because I'd like to pray. This is a response that we make as individuals, but also as we, that we make as a church family. That Nigel said what might be a good thing to do is if you personally would like to respond to God in this way, why don't you come forward? This isn't about being prayed about a different situation. This bit is if you feel like you would like, you are desperate for more of God or you want that desperation, then why don't you come and respond? And if this isn't the place for you at the moment, that's really fine. Stay in your chairs because this is a serious thing that we, we choose to do. 
And then in a few moments, we're going to have the chance, if you'd like someone to pray for you about something else, there'll be a space over there. We'll go and sit on the chairs and we can do that too, okay? But this moment is about how we respond to God individually. Father God, we recognize that this is a really weighty moment and you are inviting us in our frailty to come back to you. And as individuals, for me, I want to say I'm sorry for where I haven't, where I haven't given your presence the, the priority that I should. And I want to say, please, will you come and put that hunger in me and in us as a church family? That hunger for more of you, that hunger that means that we don't want to be distracted by other things, but we just want our focus and our attention to be on you. And Father, we don't want this to be a response just for now. We want this to be something that works out in our lives in a really practical way. And we just recognize today we even need you to do that, that we can't do any of this on our own. And so thank you for your kindness to us and thank you for this invitation. And I choose to say yes. And as Winchester Vineyard, we choose to say yes too. And if you're in that position... Paul just said something earlier where he said, if you don't know what to pray, borrow somebody else's prayer and make it your own. Guys, can you just put that slide back up from Paul's presentation, the one with Psalm 27 verse 4 on, which is a great prayer to pray if you don't know what else to say at this point, which is one thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord And to seek him in his temple. And the next verse, Paul was saying the situation David was in when he wrote this. He says, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. And then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, while I sacrifice with shouts of joy, I'll sing and make music to the Lord. And there is something about just making that our prayer, the prayer of our hearts. Today, that's the invitation. I'm going to invite the worship guys to lead us. And you are completely free to respond in whatever way is the best way for you. Maybe you're down the front or maybe you're not, that doesn't matter. But if you feel like you want to respond literally just by coming back to God, making that commitment, making that pledge to him or just sitting down with your diary and making a decision about how you're going to respond to that this week and the other thing I want to say is that you know Paul did say there are some people here and your situations are really tough and you're finding it hard to even see in the Lord's eyes what what he sees and if that is the case if you're really struggling we would love to there are some people who would love to just pray with you just to stand with you in that place and try and listen to the Lord together. And if that's you, um, there's a whole bunch of chairs over there, just the front row, a couple of rows, front row over this side. 
is all pretty empty and if that's you why don't you just sit there and again come into the Lord's presence and in due course somebody will come and just pray with you as we respond but we're just going to respond in worship in prayer I just want to give it over to you it's not about anybody or anything anybody special or anything special happening just to come back to the Lord and to just to have this moment with him where we agree how it is that we want to respond to his word to us today This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. time. 
Oh 